0: Hello and welcome back to Mental Health Spots. I am actually here taking off my makeup after a long night of fun with friends. I'm just here taking it all off, getting comfortable, and hanging out with all of you. And I'm a little nervous about this particular episode, although. As it is, I think you guys know me pretty well by now. You've learned about my childhood. You've learned about my history of bullying. I've talked about my dating history. I think you guys have a pretty good idea. Um, But I'm a little nervous because I'm going to talk about anxiety and depression today, but as it relates to me. So I want to point out that there are some universal symptoms of anxiety and depression that are pretty, again, universal across the board. A lot of people can relate, but there are also some symptoms that are unique to some people. And so I'm going to talk about this from my personal perspective, and maybe some of you can relate to what I'm expressing. Maybe not, but... I feel it's important for me to disclose some of this. If you're under the age of 18, please consult with your parent or your guardian before continuing to tune into my podcast. So I'm just here taking off my makeup. It feels good to take it off. I put on a lot today to try to look extra nice for my friends. Um, my best friend through a Friendsgiving. She did a great job. She always does. She's so good with events. Um... So, how do I start this? I'm trying to figure this out. Um, If I had to trace back my depression, I could trace it back as early as maybe 10? years old, I I suspect before this, but I'm trying to remember maybe a specific or a particular moment. I do want to point out before I dive in or continue to dive in rather, I am a therapist, I am fully functional, and I see my own therapist. Many of you heard my episode with my therapist on here. I think it is very important when you are in the helping profession especially, but in general, that you see your own therapist. It is a must. We all have our demons, we all have our problems, and there is a stigma about therapists seeing therapists. I'm not sure why. I think the stigma comes more from ignorance I think most educated people understand the importance of it because when you are a therapist and you're seeing clients, there are going to be certain clients that are going to say certain things that are going to resonate with you that, that you're going to feel because maybe you've personally experienced these things. And I've made it very clear that I became a therapist because I understand what it's like to struggle emotionally and I want to help others in their healing process. And there are some cases that I can't relate to like kids with behavioral issues and ADHD. I can't relate to that. I never had behavioral issues growing up. I never experienced ADHD. I can't relate to that. But when I have someone come into my office and talk about a dysfunctional home environment, that tends to be more difficult for me to hear. And so it's important that I see a therapist so that I can process, What feelings come up for me. And. um, So. I'm in treatment. I've been in treatment my entire life. I have done the work. And. I think people believe. Okay. Anxiety and depression. Are going to just go away. They're going to cease to exist. And I. I. I'm speaking now as a clinician and as someone who has chronic anxiety and a chronic depression. No, they do not go away, but it does get better. And there are coping tools. There are things that you can do to alleviate the symptoms. But as far as completely eradicating it, no, that's not how it works. Okay. It's a lifelong journey. But it absolutely gets better. I used to have panic attacks every single day in 2012. I was constantly going to the ER and to the doctor. That's not me anymore. There has been a lot of growth because I've been in treatment, I've done the work. So, all those disclaimers aside, I remember. Being depressed as a child, I'm gonna go ahead and say 10 years old, although I suspect sooner. Um, Obviously my home environment was dysfunctional, but I also have a very strong family history of um, mental health issues. On my dad's side in particular, but a little bit on my mom's as well. So I do believe that also plays a role, but I do feel that the environmental factors are probably a lot more significant in my particular case. Um, For me, depression... um, uh, It really depends on the day and the moment, but for the most part... I don't have a lot of energy, that's what my depression looks like. I don't have a lot of energy. Um, I have the motivation to want to do things. It's not that I lack motivation. I have the drive and the motivation, but the energy does not follow suit. I don't have a lot of energy. Um, I want to sleep a lot. I tend to overeat. But that's also tied in with my anxiety as well. Um, I tend to have really dark thoughts when I'm depressed. I'm not referring to suicidal thoughts, just to clarify. But just dark thoughts about myself that are very self-critical. And when I go into like a severe depression... I'm going to say it in Spanish, and I'm going to translate it, but yo no creo en nadie. I don't believe in anyone. Like, it's really hard for me. When I'm not depressed, it's hard for me. Like, when I'm not having symptoms, more specifically, it's hard for me. But when I'm full-blown in an episode, in a major depressive episode... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, Lord, let me silence my phone before that continues. Hang on. Okay, I don't know if you guys could hear what I was doing there. Sorry about that. Um, I tend to be very paranoid and just not trusting. When I'm depressed, I tend to question how people feel about me. I tend to question my importance in people's lives. Um, my significance in people's lives. I tend to feel often, even when I'm not having a major depressive episode, but more so, it's magnified. When I am having an episode, I tend to feel... um, I tend to feel like I have all this love and all these feelings for people that are not reciprocated. And I think that as much as I'm a therapist and as much as I understand that everyone has different love languages, I have a very specific love language. And sometimes when people cannot meet my love language, I tend to question their feelings for me. And I'm not saying that's fair. And I recognize it's not fair necessarily, but it is something that I default to particularly when I'm in a major depressive episode, um, my love language, I'm very overt and I'm very open. I'm very loving. I'm very expressive. I like to tell people constantly how important they are to me. And I like to find different ways to, to show that, to demonstrate that, um, I'm also that friend or that person in general, that family member, whatever it is that I am to you, I will show up for you. I will not miss anything important in your life unless there's no other way about it. Unless there's some kind of emergency or some kind of fantastic reason, really justifiable reason, I won't miss anything important in your life. I will give you a ride if you need a ride. I will show up for you if you're in the hospital, if your family member's in the hospital. If your family member passes away, I will be at the funeral home with you. Like, I am that person that will show up for you. I will follow you into the dark. And it's not that I expect it in return because I'm the type of person that I really, really... It gives me anxiety, and we'll talk about that more, to feel like I burden anyone with my problems. I don't like that feeling. Um, But at the same time, I always wonder, like, the the thought does go through my mind when I am in a major depressive episode, like, would these people even do these things for me? Um, And one of my best friends, shout out to her, she always points out to me that I have really low standards and that um, two of my best friends actually have said this to me. I have really low standards and that I tend to be surprised when people are actually nice and supportive toward me. And it's crazy because I have a lot of really nice, wonderful people in my life. You would think by the way I'm talking that I don't. And I absolutely do. Um, Feel free to reference the episode about my support system. I do have wonderful people in my life, but I've also been through a lot of betrayal from some of the people closest to me. Family and some friends, and so it's really hard to get past that. And as much as I am open arms and loving and caring and compassionate, and no, I'm not the kind of person that's bitter. Um, I'm full of love and and positivity and empathy. I still have that hurt inside me, and so the trust aspect doesn't always follow. Um, Trusting people to love me or to be okay with me, no matter how I'm feeling, whether that's happy, sad, anxious, scared, whatever the case may be. I'm really terrified of being really vulnerable around people, which is kind of rich coming from me because I'm like such a vulnerable person. At least that's how it seems. But oftentimes when I'm being vulnerable, I tend to either default to intellectualizing my feelings or being funny about it. But being truly emotional around someone where I'm like in it, that's really hard for me to do with people. Um, I do that a lot with my therapist best friend. Um, We actually keep in touch um, through WhatsApp and we send each other voice notes. It's great because she doesn't live here. She lives far away. And um, it's our way of keeping in contact with each other. And I can't tell you how many times I have just cried my ass off, (laughs) leaving her voice notes. And I think to myself, like how hard it is for me to do that with people. She makes it easy for me to do that. And even then, I still feel tremendous guilt sometimes. and Because she's just such a good... Oh, God, I'm going to start crying. Jesus! This is why I don't like to be personal on here too much. But you know what? I got to lead by example. If I share my story, maybe I will inspire you to do the same. That's the plan. Because I really believe wholeheartedly that people heal by sharing their stories. And so... Um, She makes it really easy for me to talk about things because she's such a good person and she's so understanding. Like, I don't think there's anything I've ever said to her that she has demonized me for. Even if it's something she doesn't agree with, she'll find the most compassionate way to tell me that she doesn't agree. And um, even then, with how easy she makes it for me, being a therapist and having the experience, I still feel tremendous guilt. Um, unloading on her, it's really hard for me to do without feelings of guilt or inadequacy or fear of being judged or misunderstood by others. And, you know, more and more I've been talking about these things that I go through and more and more people have come forward saying I can relate. And I think that's really helped me to understand that. I'm not alone in this journey. There are people on it with me. So that pretty much sums up what my depression looks like. It's very self-critical and just full of self-hate and just full of doubt, self-doubt and doubts about others and my significance to them. Um... Feelings of low self-worth, low self-esteem, anxiety. Um, How long have I been anxious? Um, I would say around the same time. Um, Maybe 10 years old. My parents, and it goes back to my childhood, I am their only child. My father has other um, children, but with... Two different women. Um, And so I am my parents' only child in this marriage. And so my dad is a lot older. He is 81. I'm 32. My mother is 70. So my parents were also older when they had me. And they were just both very, very overprotective in a lot of ways. And um, in a lot of ways, they weren't because. Like, my mom, when I was like 14, 15, she let me do a ton of things that, frankly, like, sorry, future daughter or son, you ain't gonna be able to do them. You know, not gonna make it, ain't gonna happen. But they were just very overprotective. Like, my mom, I never learned how to swim because my mom put the fear of God into me that, um, I could drown. And lo and behold, one time I almost did. Um... I never learned how to roller skate because my mom said I could fall and break my legs. Um, I never went on any crazy rides at the youth fair because my mom always talked me out of it. So my mom is an anxious person and she put that anxiety in me. And apparently her father was also anxious and my dad is unbelievably anxious. Like my dad, my dad also has a history of trauma. Like my dad lost his sister Um, when she was 37 years old to breast cancer and, um, I'm going to take a water break. So he lost his sister to breast cancer when she was 37. That was his whole life. That was his best friend. And, um. Her name was Olivia. And I was named after her. And I think having lost her, he has this ongoing fear of something happening to me. And him having to live with that pain. And that hurt. um, Of having lost someone else. Um, And just got a text from my boyfriend. (laughs) Anyway, um, I was... Responding to my text from him. He was letting me know that he's off to bed. I love those texts at night from your significant other. I'm sure you ladies can agree. Or gentlemen. In any case, going back to the point that he is afraid to lose me like he lost his sister. And I happen to be named after her and I'm, I happen to be very similar to her in a lot of ways. Personality-wise, physically. And so my parents were just always very fearful of something happening to me and so that fear it was put in me and i was always very anxious to do anything and over the years um that anxiety you know got bigger in different ways um of course i went through my teenage phase and did my teenage things like you know i smoked Pop like maybe what three four times in my life and never did it again um, I freaking would do like crazy random things with like my group of friends who I'm still friends with um, shout out to the ladies like I, we would do like crazy things crazy adventures go to like dark places and like weird abandoned places and I was anxious about it but I would still do it Um, but my anxiety is, is really overpowering. And I remember once I saw a therapist that told me you are anxiously depressed and I feel like no one has ever said it better. No one has ever described me better. And so my anxiety is pretty much, I'm constantly in a state of fight or flight. My body is constantly in a fight or flight state, fight or flight mode. And um, the following things trigger my anxiety. Going to sleep at night, because what if I don't wake up? Driving in general, but particularly at night or on the highway. Because what if I lose control of the vehicle? Diseases and illnesses. Going to the doctor because what if they finally find something wrong with me? Going on trips with people gives me tremendous anxiety. Like theme parks or Disney's you know, like Disney, uh, any theme park, going on a cruise, like going anywhere, any trip with anyone, anywhere, you name it gives me tremendous anxiety because what if, what if we engage in some kind of physical activity and I can't keep up because I'm out of shape and they judge me? What if, I walk really slow I have back problems I have really really bad back problems according to my doctor it's the boobs what if I have to slow down while I'm walking with my friends and ask them to slow down with me and they get mad or they get annoyed or they get irritated I went to Disney with some of my best friends a year ago um, and I was so anxious about the trip and I think I probably found, they probably didn't pick up on it or maybe they did. I tried to find so many ways to get out of it. Not because I didn't want to go with them because I love them so much, but because I didn't want to be an inconvenience because listen, we were going to Epcot. Epcot is huge. Okay, I had never been, but I know it's huge. And I have really bad back problems. I can only walk maybe a block until I need to sit and relax for a minute. And so, do you know what it is that every other block I'm going to have to say, or every block, can I sit and rest? Do you know how annoying it is to go on a trip with someone that needs to rest? And um, shout out to my therapist best friend who said to me a couple of days ago as a matter of fact she said oh god I'm gonna cry again she said um I can't think of many people that I would want to go on a walk with but you're one of the people that come to mind when I think about people that I do want to go on a walk with and if that means that I need to slow down with you or that I need to sit every once in a while I'll take it because I just want to go on a walk with my best friend. And for some reason that made me really emotional because I feel like I'm so hard on myself and I'm so afraid of rejection that the thought of me going on a walk with friends and having to say I need to slow down like it gives me so much anxiety. I haven't always been treated well. Maybe I'm treated well now, but I haven't always been treated well. And those things follow you and they scare you. And I think about the fact that my friends really are so great and they're so wonderful. And what if I see something? What if something happens and they have a moment where they they say that mean thing that one time and I never saw it coming and I never expected it. And I just rather avoid it altogether. And, um, anyway, so, um, I remember going on this trip with my friends and they were so sweet the whole time. Like one of them was walking with me or they'd be like, do you need to sit? Do you need to take a break? Do you need to do this? Like they were so nice and I'm just like, oh my God, I felt like such a burden and, oh, Anyway, so moving along, going on trips with people gives me anxiety because, A, I'm also not going to go on any roller coasters. I'm not going to go on any rides that require me to be upside down or to be flying in the air or that go incredibly fast. I'm not going to do it. Ain't going to make it. And so I feel guilty at the thought of letting my friends down and saying, like, I'm not going to go. And then they're going to be like, oh, my God, like, what a party pooper. And so, there's that point. Uh, That's also a trigger. Um, Another trigger. I have so many. I can, like, go on forever about my anxiety triggers. Um, What if I go to a concert and someone comes in and bombs us or, like, shoots the whole place? Um, Ironically... Public speaking and social situations are not triggers, which is crazy, right? You would think that that would be something that would be added to the list. I know I do really well with public speaking, and I also know that I do well in social situations. Um, I always make jokes that everybody loves Olivia, you know, like babies, kids, teenagers, adults, the elderly animals like I'm just someone that people tend to tend to like which is a blessing um I'm definitely not gloating I'm just blessed and truly humbled by the fact that most people respond positively toward me and I think that's (laughs) that's great you know and um I'm grateful and I guess I gotta keep doing whatever it is I've been doing right to be so fortunate as to receive such acceptance from so many people and even then I still fear rejection um so very much um sleeping next to people gives me anxiety because I I don't snore as bad as I used to anymore because I had a a tonsillectomy and a septoplasty which is where they correct your deviated septum but I do still snore and so I fear disturbing others And having others be irritated with me. Um, I am anxious about going swimming or being in any body of water. Um, besides the tub, I am anxious about, what else am I anxious about? Oh my God. It's like, there's so many things. It's hard to keep track. I already mentioned driving at night and driving on the highway. Um, should have written these down but then I'd be writing forever and my arm would fall off um saying no to people or telling someone that I can't or won't do something gives me tremendous anxiety telling people the truth about how I really feel with regards to something they've done that I don't like like let's say someone makes a comment or does something I don't like and I have to tell that person that gives me tremendous anxiety and one of my friends the other day I was telling her about a time that another friend made a comment that I didn't like and my friend goes to me you don't realize that if you told her you didn't like the comment that she would be okay with it because she loves you and she would accept what you're saying and she wouldn't be mean to you about it she would be compassionate and she would be okay with it because she loves you and I'm just like in my head I'm like this is a foreign concept like <laughs> I, I get that she loves me but people not being defensive or feeling hurt or angered by my feelings I don't know it's a foreign concept and I think because I am this way and have these fears that's why I mean I've always been a really really good communicator I'm not gonna lie Granted, years of training in this field has made me that much better. But I've always naturally been good at communicating with others. Um, But I am very, like... I used to be more defensive. I was never super defensive person. It's not my nature. But I used to be more more defensive. And I think now I'm just at the point in my life... Where I'm so accountable to myself. Like, if you come and you tell me, Hey, Oli, you did that and I didn't like it. Like, I literally will find a way to give you the perfect answer so that you don't feel guilty about having voiced your feelings to me. Like, I want to make sure that you feel like you can tell me whatever it is that you want to tell me about how I make you feel, good or bad. Because... I struggle like I'm the type of person that if like let's say I tell you like you did this and I didn't like it and you apologize to me then I feel guilty that you're apologizing to me even if you owe me an apology I'm still gonna feel guilty that I made you feel bad and that now you're apologizing to me and then that's where my therapist bestie will come in and say like Girl, like, you deserved the apology. Dump the guilt. This is what is supposed to be happening here. But, so, okay, so there's the fear that A, I'm going to tell you how I feel and you're going to feel bad and apologize and then I'm going to feel guilty that you're apologizing to me. And I'm going to feel bad that I made you feel bad. And B, there's the fear that you're going to just completely dismiss me, invalidate me, and just say, like, you have no right to feel that way. And be defensive. And so both things give me tremendous anxiety. And so that's why oftentimes I just don't say shit about shit. And I'm just like, I'm just going to deal with these feelings all by myself. I've gotten better over the years. I will give that to myself. I've gotten better I have been more vocal um, with people about things that I haven't been happy about, Um, but it is a challenge for me. What else gives me anxiety? I mean, I'm telling you, I could be here for a while. Um, I think we need another water break. Um, Something else that gives me anxiety. I know I mentioned traveling, traveling in general gives me anxiety, but especially if I'm like going to like a foreign country, like I'm going to Colombia next week, which is why I'm coming out with this episode now, I figure, let me come out with this episode now because this Friday there will be no episode because I'm going to be super busy getting everything ready for my trip. So I think, oh my God, what if I go to this foreign country? What if I get sick? in a foreign country, and I have no one. I mean, I'm going to have my boyfriend, but... Oh my God, like, we're going to be by ourselves in a foreign country. What if one of us gets sick? What if we end up in a hospital? And like, what if we go to this hospital and catch a disease? Because maybe it's not sanitary, because, you know, it's not the U.S. and it's technically a third world country. What if, you know, one of us dies and the other one has to worry about transporting a body back? What if, you know the plane crashes? What if we get kidnapped by people? What if our shit gets stolen? What if you know our Uber driver turns out to like kill us? What if like, what if, what if, what if, what if what if if? I think that the best way to describe generalized anxiety is Your mind is in a constant state of what if. What if questions are normal from time to time, but anxiety means your mind is in a constant state of what if. And I definitely want to point out that cognitive behavioral therapy techniques have helped me so much, so much, when it comes to anxiety and depression alike number one positive self-talk has been a godsend and I know people probably think positive self-talk really like that just sounds cheesy to me it really isn't though it really isn't um I don't know how many of you I mean you guys know I am from Miami Florida so I'm speaking to all of my fellow Miamians out there, okay? 117th Avenue. When you're driving on 117th Avenue, okay? You're going where the um, the streets are getting bigger, okay? The numbers are increasing. When you pass 128th Street, hay una lomita, okay? Hay una lomita when you pass 128th Street, to get to the other side. Bueno, eh, on 117th Avenue, obviously La Lomita is going to be there if the streets are decreasing as well. So either way, there's a Lomita on 128th Street and 117th Avenue. Every time I go over that Lomita, as I'm going up, my anxiety is through the roof. Like I can feel my whole body going numb. And I'm going up this Lomita. And there have been times, you guys, where I have literally, I've had to go somewhere right there. I mean, on 117th and 130 something, I have a client in that general area. And I have literally gone all the way around, taken any other street, been late to my client's house just to avoid La Lomita. And finally, it got to the point where I told myself, Olivia, you're going to be uncomfortable for 10 seconds. This Lomita is 10 seconds of your life. This uncomfortable feeling that you're going to be experiencing while you go over this Lomita is temporary. It's going to go away. It is not permanent. Let's get through this Lomita. And so while I go over it, I play music and... At the top of my lungs, I'm singing and I'm screaming and I'm doing my best to stay focused. And I go over the Lomita. And so positive self-talk does work. You have to be consistent with it. And I've definitely been consistent with it. But it doesn't mean that anxiety and depression are going to cease to exist. They're going to come about. It's just a matter of how you respond to it, how you handle it. And what coping mechanisms you're going to put in place that work for you. For me, this may sound cheesy to some of you, but guided meditation has helped me a lot. Going to sleep at night, I tend to have the most anxiety at night for some reason. I mean, I'm an anxious person all day long, but at night in particular. um, And I'll put some guided meditation on from YouTube. And that has helped me go to sleep, believe it or not. I mean, and I'm a very difficult person to um, to relax. I have a difficult time relaxing. It's very difficult for me. My best friend, the therapist that I keep referring to, she um, when she gets me birthday gifts, she usually gets me the 90 minute massages because she knows that in 60 minutes I won't relax. Relax. So she'll get me a 90 minute one because that'll be enough time for there to be some, (laughs) some relaxation. Um, I've been really open with you guys because I really want you guys to know that the struggle is fucking real. But you know what? There are ways around it. There are solutions. There are methods. There are coping tools. There is support. There are people going through it. Talk about it. Create a support system, you know. I don't know that a lot of my friends or family have anxiety to the extent that I do. I think also in general, people, most people, because I have a tendency to downplay everything, don't realize the magnitude of my anxiety disorder. Um, But I think it's just so important to be open about it because... At the end of the day, when you talk about it, you're setting it free. And how people respond to it, that is beyond our control. <laughs> That's one of the the things included in my positive self-talk, by the way, what I just said. <sighs> what other people think, believe, and feel is beyond our control. Um, and I think, you know... Just setting it free gives you an opportunity to connect with other people and allow other people to um, connect with you and and tell you, hey, I can relate. Hey, I've experienced that. Or maybe I haven't experienced that, but I have a friend or a family member or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, someone that I know experiences it. And I think it's just so important that um, I have this platform and I pray that people listening to this really feel connected to me, even if they can't 100% relate to what I'm saying. And, um, I'm really working on a lot of these fears, a lot of this anxiety and this depression. I am actively working on these things. Um, and I have made a lot of headway, I have made a lot of progress. I am very proud of where I am today in my life. I have accomplished many things. And I have been faced with adversity time and time and time again. And here I am. Licensed in the whole state. A mental health clinician. Helping other people. And I'm very honest with my clients, like I've told you all before. I will literally say, I hear you. I get depressed too. I hear you. I've been anxious too. Not to make it about me, because I don't want to take away from their time. Because therapy is about them. But I also like to make sure that they see me as a relatable therapist. And not just someone that always has all their shit together. No, I don't always have all my shit together. I don't always have my ducks in a row. And that's completely okay. And I'm learning that more and more and so talk about it find a safe place to talk about it this is mine and I really pray that the people closest to me listen to this particular episode because I really think it's important that people know um, really understand more intimately how it is that my brain functions There is no off button here. And I'm serious about that. I go to sleep and I have nightmares at night. Very rarely will I have a nice positive dream. That is something that I have worked a lot on as well. Um, It's come down to after like 6 p.m. I don't watch anything on TV that could potentially give me nightmares. Um, So. And mind you, I love horror movies and things like that. Ironically but not after 6pm my mind is very impressionable so thank you all for listening to this for being part of this journey with me for giving me the opportunity to share myself with you and um, I really look forward to um, hearing some feedback from all of you and many many blessings positive vibes for each and every one of you life isn't easy but it's certainly very meaningful very beautiful and it's so important to continue to find ways to power through some of these hardships because what's on the other side is so worth it until next time i'll catch you all when i return from colombia